0: We're going to be talking with folks in the industry about what's going on finding out what is making you guys tick out there and i want to welcome to the microphones tim ashoff who's the president c O of creed carrier corporation and it's good to chat with you and i talked with you oh this was uh, maybe about two weeks ago right at the height of all of the flooding that was going on in the state of nebraska and what a terrible situation for the residents there and for 16 other states that are trying to recover from all of that Talk about your efforts uh, helping the the flood victims. I know you guys are very active in bringing in supplies and things like that.
1: No, it's been devastating and has been so widespread that there are just so many people that uh, need help. You know, we have partnered up with some uh, local folks uh, to help uh, do some drives to uh, you know get supplies for folks, uh, provide trailers for that, and and deliver those to communities in need. Along with that, we have a lot of our our long, good long-term customers, uh, you know, water uh, bottled bottled water companies and others that are hey, they're wanting to help and bring it in from states away. You know, yeah. so helping uh, do that as well. So it's been a, a big effort. And But, you know, what's really um, been enlightening is that, you know, it's always in the, the times of need where you see the best of people. And it's been amazing, the uh, outpouring of support from not only the area, uh, you know, certainly a lot of Nebraskans and and that have been, have been done really well in providing donations and that. But I, I've received calls from just people across the country saying, hey, you know, saw what's happening at your state and your region. What can we do to help? And so that outpouring, uh, you know, uh, of support from across the country has been very much appreciated. It.
0: Absolutely, and the trucking industry is going to be there throughout the duration, which uh, really makes it wonderful. In the fact that trucking is usually one of the first responders to get into an area, help out, deliver those supplies and things like that. I know some of the folks have talked to you about that and what's going on at Bats, and we are at Mid America. It just seemed like we just left. It- Really it's amazing. By I, really did, I get another year older so quickly. It's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. I just seem to be getting more gray here, but that's a whole other story. What are you hearing from folks? Uh, a lot of optimism here at the show. Uh, how are they feeling? You know, I, I think it is. There's a lot of energy here. I, I was kind yeah. of, you know,
1: curious. You know, 2018 was such a, a, you know, boom year for trucking, and there was a lot of energy, and so you know, you're kind of coming off a little bit of a high. Yep. yep. So what, what are things like? And it's just still so positive, and and I'm really pretty amazed uh, at the number of drivers that are around. You know, truck shows are great in that you get to see the trucks, you get to see trailers, but what I really enjoy about it is getting a feel for what's going on in the industry. You know, what are some of the new things coming in? You see new techolo- technologies here, and then what's, sure. the, what's the mood of the, of the heart of the industry, which are, which are the drivers? <laughs> and so that's the great thing. I get to see so many drivers here, both from Crete, Schaefer, Hunt, but also from other companies, and really see, hey, how are things going? What, yep. you know, what's important to you?
0: And here, If you want to jump in and speak with Tim Ashoff, the uh, phone lines are open right now. It's 888 876 across North America. I know, Tim, a lot of drivers are going to be bringing up such things as uh, standardizing some of the truck parking information systems that are out there. A lot of talk about what ATRI is going to be doing, American Transportation Research Institute. Part of their marching orders from their board is to look at ways to standardize truck information or the parking information for Uh, those drivers what are you guys doing for your fleet for your drivers out there and what are you hearing as far as their feedback is concerned? well
1: first off i do think that what the entry is looking at is so valuable because you know there isn't enough truck parking so how do we make sure we utilize it all the best we can so looking at ways we can do that you know, I know there's an association of Midwest uh, Estates Department of Transportation that's already providing some of the electronic information of, yeah. you know, how many spots are available, you know, 200 miles down the road, those types of things. So it's valuable to be able for us to use everything we have um, the most effecti- effectively and efficiently. What we've been doing is really working with our customers and saying, hey, you know our our drivers are hitting your facilities as much as anything else sometimes more than truck stops or others and you often have space um, but there's some prohibition sometimes to mm-hmm. allow a driver driver to continue to stay there whether it's if they're able to come in early and and, and deliver early and then stay there or if hey after i pick up and i'm going to be short on hours mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> can i stay there and we've really had great success in that in fact we've had a couple customers that have agreed with us that even if Um, you're not hauling one of our loads, even if you have a driver just passing through the area and needs a place to park, we have (laughs) room, so you're able to use that. So it's about utilizing
0: the space we have already Uh, the best we can while we wait and work to get more. Yeah, and and I think one of the keys here is for lawmakers maybe to step up and realize the importance of providing truck parking. Is this becoming more and more of an issue on the federal level? Are you hearing more from state legislatures about the importance of opening up more truck parking?
1: So, you know, what I've seen and and heard is the the state level, I think they're realizing the safety element of it. You know, I think they see a little bit more firsthand Mm -hmm. um, when you have so many trucks that are just, uh, unfortunately, have to park on on on-ramps and off-ramps. We certainly don't, to advocate that. We don't want people to be doing that, but we know, and I see it, you see it, um, that sometimes drivers don't have a choice. You see them, you know, the rest stops are Overflowing, that the trucks are overflowing flowing out, you know, onto the shoulders of the interstate. And that's just not safe. And and so, you know, I think states are seeing it that way. And then on a federal level, always, and even on a state level, then a lot of it comes to funding. And this is, you know, where we're at on the overall transportation bill. You'd think it'd be something that yeah. we could get some good bipartisan movement on and sure. that, a part of that. But it's just a little tougher, it seems.
0: Well, what are your thoughts concerning some of the, uh, maybe rethinking some of the mileage-based safety metrics? And uh, this is going to be one of the topics that free is going to be looking at, all of it due to the fact of the growth of e-commerce out there and that there's no no stopping e-commerce i mean we've got this insatiable appetite uh, if we order something we want it today or in a couple of hours so there's no slowing that down what are your thoughts on the safety net you know i think that's
1: uh, well worth uh, the the effort i mean we can tell we have different types of operations in our own company we have yeah. you know the standard arc the core of our our business is that good long haul irregular route freight uh, so drivers are getting you know, a lot of miles on an annual basis. So um, you know, one accident in a in a year spread out along a lot of long mi- miles, that accident rate per million miles then is pretty low. But if you're concentrated in an area where you're making, uh, you're, you're still using the same amount of time but spending less miles, but you're on the road as much, you're just at average speed isn't as much, uh, to, to then take that mile you have in that one year and, and you know put it across half the number of miles you ran on a short haul operation, yeah, it's a, it's a big difference. And as more of the short haul industry grows, we don't, we don't play a lot in that. So for us as a company, it doesn't impact
0: as much. But certainly, I understand from a safety perspective, you got to be Comparing apples to apples, so to speak. Some folks have talked about what's going on with the whole idea of maybe allowing 18 to 20-year-olds to start to drive interstate. Uh, They can do it intrastate. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the uh, comparisons have been made saying that if you are in maybe Marshall, Texas, that you can drive all the way across the state of Texas to El Paso without a problem. But if you try to go from Marshall, Texas, into Shreveport... Louisiana you can't do that. Uh, what are you hearing from your vantage point? Uh, how would that maybe benefit uh, Creed Schaefer maybe allowing 18 year olds to drive? Yeah I, I think uh, our
1: perspective is is that um, you know being a, a over the road commercial driver is a, is a tough job challenging job It's something you do you do need to learn and you need, do need to learn over time. So just you know putting uh, anybody in the truck without good training is not not uh, you know a good practice. So mm-hmm but we need to find a way to have balance there for new younger folks coming into the industry to get that training that uh, you're right like in, in the state of nebraska same we have omaha nebraska on one end and you go 400 miles to get across the state no. and uh, you know a driver can do that but they can't drive across the missouri river to council bluffs which right. is more the freight in our area is going to do that than sure. go across the state so sure. how do we get somebody that experience um, of knowing what it's like to be an over the road interstate driver but still, in a in a in a responsible way. So I, you know what I think I'd, I'd advocate for is something. Hey. You know, we do air mile radius rules for yeah, hours of service. Yeah, sure. Why not do it for young drivers? Hey, maybe you can drive within a 450-mile radius. So it may go across from Nebraska to Iowa uh, and get a little bit more uh, experience where it may be a little bit more congestion than in sure, western Nebraska. Sure, sure. Uh, so give them that opportunity. Uh, but but have it graduated, you know,
0: a regional concept versus a state what, line concept. What are you hearing from your drivers about, say, truckload tuning? Is that some of the buzz phrases that are going on? Some have said it's going to be, 20 years, 30 years, some are saying that it's really going to be a lot quicker than we think. Are your drivers bringing that up with you?
1: You know, not as much as they were probably 18 months, out.
0: two years ago when it first came out. Okay. I think the reality is,
1: and my, my conversation with a lot of my drivers, and we talk to a lot of the OEMs, talk sure. to the platooning companies, you know, the, the environments that some of the current technology works in are very limited. Uh, and, and so it, it's going to take a while before that spreads. And you know, my analogy always is to, to our drivers, hey, look, we've had autopilot in the commercial airliner industry for a long, long time. But right, every right. time I fly, there's always still two pilots sitting in the cockpit. Right. You know? So right, right. I think there's always going to be some limitations. And I think that, you know, I think the way the OEMs are looking at that technology now and making it you know driver assist type programs, taking that technology, sure. using what we can now to help improve safety, to help improve a
0: driver's life. I think that's where we're at, and I think it's good to take in those gradual steps. Also, does this mean that uh, the company is going to be investing more in technology, bringing additional technology on board to assist the driver, making it easier uh, for them? Where do you see the return on investment when it comes to Mm -hmm. investing in technology? Well, certainly over the last, really since uh, 20,
1: 2010 and in many ways, we've started to invest heavily, more heavily in, in safety technology okay. in, the, in the trucks. And we have seen uh, you know, significant improvement with some of the forward collision avoidance technology, the roll stability technology. Um, I think the next step is we're working with uh, our primary OEM Daimler, we get mostly Freightliner trucks. Uh, their new Detroit Assurance um, driver assist programs, driver assist features, where it's you know the lane keeping devices that a lot oh, yes. of yep. a lot of four wheelers already have. That um, you know we tested some some lane. Um, lane departure technology years ago and it was just a little bit too early uh, but that technology is getting so perfected where it really is a tool to a driver not an annoyance to a driver and so I think you know when you look at ROI you have to look at what it gives you from a safety claims cost avoidance of yep. accidents but you also got to look at well, how does it actually help the driver and I think technology is getting to that point
0: where, uh, you know, does the driver feels like it's helping them, too, and they want those tools then. Are you also maybe finding a lot of the customers are now saying, okay, we want you to have this kind of technology on board and we're not going to do business with you? Do you see more of a trend going in that direction uh, in the event? Maybe a company A doesn't have a company B that does will get that job?
1: Yeah, what we're really seeing is obviously customers are concerned about your overall safety, but from a technology side, it's almost more about visibility now. Okay. They okay. want to see where their freight is at all times. You know, uh, it's a little bit of that still that Amazon effect. Hey, if, if I can sure. be, you know, working sure. for a company and I can track my package, you know, from the time I order it to the time it hits my door, why can't I track my, you know, 53-foot trailer full of freight? And right. so right. that visibility and the technology we're putting in the truck to provide that visibility is really the strongest demand from our customers. And, and, you
0: know, I think uh, a lot of folks may not realize just the magnitude of the scope of your job, being the president and chief operating officer of your You've got to keep up with personnel. You've got to keep up with the technology. You've got to keep up with, uh, say, legal issues that are out there as well. There's a lot of things that might keep you up at night uh, that many folks uh, may not realize. And I was thinking about this the other day. I was reading a a story uh, about uh, a company, not not in the trucking industry, but this company uh, had uh, gotten a judgment against it. Uh, where they had to pay I think it was like $100 million based on maybe a claim that was proven in court. What do you think about say some of these nuclear verdicts that are out there and especially in light of uh, what a lot of us are seeing these days and that these are the these billboards that's that are out there reading if a big truck is injured you give us a call and we'll take care of the issue. What are your thoughts on that nuclear yeah, it, verdicts it, it, it's, it, it's somewhat frightening. I, I, I did. I drove up from Nashville yesterday yeah, to yeah. Uh, up You're here in Louisville, and I saw a bunch
1: of those billboards. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I don't make to mean to make this too large of a, a concept, but it's almost becoming a societal thing. You know, people are seeing these big verdicts. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm an attorney by training, so sure. I come from the legal world. I, I, I think our legal system has let some of the things happen out there as far as the size of the verdicts that really shouldn't. Uh, I think some of the uh, um, judges and others, uh lawmakers, you know, probably aren't understanding the full scope of that and and the effects of that, the impacts of that from a societal standpoint. But that being said, we, on, we as a trucking industry seem to be also that next industry that's the target. You know, we had medical malpractice out there, you had products liability for a long time that were getting big, big verdicts. Now it's moved over into the trucking world. And unfortunately, for drivers out there uh, um you know as many miles as they drive every year and how safe they really are um you know we get painted often as an industry that isn't yep, safe right, and and, right. and we know that's not the case i mean you're, you've been in the business we're in the business our trucks drive millions of miles every day uh and we we don't have those issues but when you have that one issue people really turn it into something bigger than it is unfortunately and and uh you know it, it is really scary because the the the, the the millions of dollars that are spent then on, on what litigation litigation is and, that, and not productive things is just, uh, you know, I'd rather must be investing in things that are beneficial for the driver, beneficial to be more productive as a society than that. Not that they're, and I don't want to take that away from any victims of right, accident. Of course, I don't mean of that, course. of course, but certainly uh, the scope uh,
0: and, and sometimes the, you know, Frivolity of some of the cases is what's really frustrating. Uh, Interesting. I was talking with a gentleman that's in the insurance industry, and he said what a lot of companies will do is that once that claim comes in, they want to get it off the books as quickly as possible rather than, say, go through an appeal process. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because once it's off the books, they can deal with it. If they go through an appeal process, could that wind up costing more? In the long run, being an attorney, what are your thoughts on that? It, it, it's a tough balance, and you know what we have said is it's become harder to actually even
1: settle the cases for a, a reasonable amount to get them, as you said, off the books, get yeah. them finalized, because uh, you know people see these big verdicts and you see the billboards saying, "Hey, I'm yep. gonna yep. I'm gonna collect millions for you on a on a claim that would be typically a fifty thousand dollar claim." So now that you know, everyone wants that million dollar settlement sure. instead of that fifty thousand dollars, which is what's you know fair in, in that situation. So it's becoming harder to do that. So it is a tough balance because um, certainly it's costly still to go through the legal process to go through the appeals process and then in business we like certainty and certainly the the legal process doesn't give you certainty till the end so we prefer to
0: have it a little bit sooner now what about as far as tolls are concerned there's a lot of debate about that being part of the plan maybe to help improve the infrastructure at least maybe be part of the solution a lot of folks have said fuel tax a lot of folks have said tolling it seems like there may not just be one single answer uh, what do you see? Where do you see this going? What should lawmakers be doing? Should they be looking at a combination of things to maybe solve the infrastructure issue, or can we do it alone on the yeah. field? Certainly, we're always, you know, favor
1: looking at, at whatever ways can be viable, but certainly our, our preference would be uh, the, the fuel tax system and we, as a company, as an industry, feel that uh, we're behind on having increased fuel tax uh, for inflation, let alone, you know, just our growth as a country. And we think that, you know, it's been such an efficient way yeah. to collect yeah. the sales tax. When you have tolling, there's inefficiency in there. And, right, right. and, and it's not perfect either because often... You can you can toll one road well then traffic becomes busy or another to avoid the toll where the That's you true. where the fuel tax is more uniform right so mm-hmm. i think we as a company and as an industry you know i think we do support that uh the a fuel tax increase
0: as a way of funding uh, more uniformly and efficiently it's efficient to collect that tax do you think it's going to be a situation where more and more trucking companies are going to maybe do a pre-buy with their fuel is that going to be come the way of the future in your I, I don't know that the fuel tax would have that
1: because I, I, okay. that impact because I st- it's still going to be based on you know essentially the miles you're running in a state you okay. know, with the with the IFTA out there and otherwise. So uh, I, I don't know if that would impact it that much uh, in that regard. But uh, I think we just as an industry are more like, hey, we need to fix roads, we need to fix bridges, and we need to fix congestion. You know, it was interesting. You, you, t- you talked about accidents. I was uh, earlier this week meeting with some folks in the insurance industry. And they were talking about how auto in general, not yeah, just trucking yeah, auto, right. the, the cost of that is going up so much. And in the last two years, they've seen what they feel the cause of crashes in, being increased by congestion mm. uh, because we are so far behind. And, yeah. and and the economy's been good. People have been traveling more and more vacations. Right. The last summer, that was one of the biggest summers for miles driven on our U.S. highways. And uh, they, they
0: just see congestion now is
1: costing us more that
0: uh, sometimes we don't think about it that way. Yeah, and when you take this a step further, when you look at congestion, say, from a company standpoint would you be in favor of allowing your drivers maybe to stop the clock uh, and then maybe take a break and not go through dallas at three in the afternoon or four sure absolutely you know
1: i think with the uh, electronic logging devices there are ways to do that okay. and still keep that driver I, I think that what's so important about hours of service and i talk to a lot of our drivers and 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 other drivers as i talk about at the show here about different things and hours of service i think i haven't found a driver that doesn't say i like the changes in the hours of service rules that kind of kept me finally on that same cycle right where Right. I'm either driving during the day or driving during the night. I'm sw- not switching back and forth. But I still think there should be enough flexibility now with uh, ELDs out there to allow that. Hey, how can I you know, stop my clock for maybe an hour yeah, through that right. rush hour time? Just take a break. I'm right? out, but I'm still on that same sleep cycle. And I think, there, I, think I think the FMCSA actually might, you know, there's going to be uh, Secretary Chao is going to be here tomorrow and, and, and the FMCSA administrator, and I know that's probably one of the topics they'll be talking about. From what I hear, you know, the work they're doing on saying how do we create some
0: flexibility now that we know, we have people all kind of playing by the same rules. So the ELD has really been a tremendous thing for the industry, right? I'm, I'm still finding some folks that are calling in saying, man, they missed a paper log, would love to go back to it. It's given them the opportunity to get the rest they need, et cetera, et cetera. Those dates are done, though, right? Paper logs. I think so. You know, I, I haven't talked to a
1: driver that has ever said lately they want to go back to the paper Like Once they're on it, they're it. It's made sure. their, their life easier. Uh, I think what it does come back down to, though, is that flexibility. And so if we can use, uh, which the FMCSA has asked to gather information, and they right, are gathering right. information, right. if we can use the data that's actually created by that to show, hey, we can create some flexibility and still ensure
0: the same amount of safety, uh, I think that's a good thing. You know, speaking of the hours of service, FMCSA has been reviewing, I think it's more than 5,000 comments that came in on, I think it was four proposals that they were looking at. What is your thoughts on that? I know nothing's been released as of yet. There is a lot of speculation that it could be coming up real soon. What do you think it'll do for the industry if they do away with the mandatory 30-minute break, things like that?
1: You know, I I think that will actually um, help the situation you just talked about, and in using that 30 minutes, you know, they they may still say, hey, we we need to, we need to have a break some point during your time, yeah. but if we can give the driver a little bit more flexibility on when they use that break, uh, and and you know push that to, hey, I'm safer if I rather than me taking a break at at you know the end of seven hours, or whatever it may be. Let me use my break uh, maybe after three hours because I I I got up early this morning. I started driving at 5, but now at 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock, I don't want to be going through rush hour. So let me stop but then don't make me take a break, you know, right away again, right. and let me have that flexibility to move it where I can actually make my day safer, but by not being a part of congestion or otherwise, or when,
0: weather. When, or other- when you, when you mention the fact that, say, a driver says that they want to take a break for A, B, or C reason, how important is it for the folks that are listening to them on the other end of the phone to understand what they're going through? It's very important, yeah. and you know, one thing we've always had as a philosophy as a company is, you know, the, the
1: driver is the captain of that ship. And we tell all of our drivers that, you know, there's, hey, there's, um, we know you, you know the conditions that you're in, we don't, you're out there, Uh, you have that understanding. So if you're ever in a situation where you feel like, hey, I, I need to stop. You stop, but then just let us, just communicate. That's yeah, the key, because we need to communicate internally. We need to communicate with customers. If that impacts our customer, we need to reschedule a load or do that. So, yeah, the driver's the captain of the ship, and then communications is
0: what we ask for. You know, goodness sake, we've almost gone through uh, 30 minutes Wow, here on the program. It's really <laughs> flown by before I let you go. Uh, talk about what's going on as far as uh, new equipment is concerned at Crete, uh, Schaefer. What's going on there? you guys bringing in new trucks, new equipment, new radios? Uh, what do you, What's going on as far so, yeah, uh, we, as Yeah, We continuously
1: are working with our um, OEMs, the manufacturers Uh out there. Um, We're currently buying some, uh, you know, Freightliners and and some uh, Kenworth tractors is what we do. We, we run our trucks about four hundred fifty five hundred thousand miles. About every four years, we're trading them out, so we'll get you know anywhere from you know twelve to 17, 1800 trucks a year. Okay. Keep them uh, refreshed. Not only does it you know obviously provide reliability and uptime, but it does get you some of the latest technology. Then, so you know, technology in our trucks never going to be more than that four years old. And four years old is actually even a long time. In technology Stage. So we do actually update trucks in between. But yeah, we're we're, we're looking at you know what what can we do. So uh, one of the great things that I know our, our drivers have enjoyed now is we we have. Um, auto shift transmissions in all our new trucks. And one of the that things that, that come with that is a, a predictive and an adaptive cruise control. So that truck's following. Uh, it's got GPS in it. And the, the manufacturer's got a whole the topography of the whole US mapped out. And so it knows, hey, I'm coming to a 3% grade, uh, you know, just in, an, in a quarter of a mile. You know, what, what RPM should I be at? What gear ratio should I be at? So I'm not losing speed, even on cruise control. So there's just some technology things that are, that are yep. great for that. And then just, you, you know, I, you've been around the industry longer than, than I have, but certainly there's a lot of drivers that'll say, well, I, I hear auto shift, you, you know, am I gonna lose control of, of my truck and right. what I'm doing out there? Right. it's different than an automatic transmission. It is an auto shift transmission. But I tell you what, we got a lot of drivers then that, you know, I'll get some drivers say, I've been driving a straight transmission for 35 years. What are you going to do when you put me in one of these? I said, sit in one <laughs> right. of those and, and talk to me every week, and they do. And after the first week, well, I'm getting used to it. Second week, well, I kind of like it. And the third week, don't take <laughs> we'll me out take, of it because yeah, I keep feel <laughs> so much better right. at the end of the day that they don't understand, you know, what that it be shifting physically, exhausting. physically yeah. exhausting, you know, just that repetitive physical motion. So uh, it's been a real positive in that way with our drivers. Outstanding. Where can folks find you, good sir? They can find us certainly out there on the web at
0: creekcarrier.com or give us a call at 800-998-2221. Outstanding. Always good to see you. Great. Thank Great to you so on. much. Absolutely. And the drivers, again, that is Tim Ashoff, President c of Crete Schaefer. Good to have him on board. And uh, we've been talking about all the things going on in the industry, you know, everything from uh, standardizing the truck, parking information system, thinking about the whole idea of younger drivers, maybe the 18 to 20-year-olds. And, again, if you want to reach Tim directly, I'll post a link up.